How you guys doing? Doing good? Oh, you look good today. I'm so glad to be with you. Happy September. It's officially pumpkin season. Pumpkins in my beverages, pumpkins in my house. Anybody, I, if you know me, my favorite month of the year is September. So that was a moment for pumpkins because they deserve it. But hi, hello. <laughs> my name is Lanisa. I'm so glad to be with you. I always am so thankful to Pastor Joey and April. I want to honor them. I'm always honored to be able to speak with you. My husband, Ryan, and I, he's back there in the tech booth. We've been on staff here at Wellspring for three years, and it's just always one of the greatest joys of my life to be able to share with you. So if you brought your Bibles to church today, I hope that you did. Go ahead and bring those out, everybody. Maybe it's on your phone or you have a physical Bible. I want you to click or flip to Matthew chapter 12. I think it's so important for us to lay our eyes on the actual pages of scripture right in front of us. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. If you don't, of course, it's gonna be on the screen for you today, but we are in the second half of your Bible, the back half, the New Testament, Matthew chapter 12. But before we read, I have a question. I wanna get a read on the room. How many of you know somebody who is a rule breaker? Does anyone, rule breaker question, challenge the rules. Imagine that, both of you are rule breakers. This is a person that like the speed limit's only a suggestion. They put their foot on the gas when the light turns yellow. They walk into gas stations without a shirt or shoes on. That's Glenn, if you don't know Glenn. Rule breaker. Okay, where are the rule breakers? I wanna see you. Identify yourselves. Okay, I see you, awesome. <laughs> now, if you're like me, where are my fellow rule followers? Love a good rule, yes. Yes, please and thank you. I will keep us on track. Give me a good rule, it keeps me safe. I appreciate it. Well. This reminds me of a story. I am a rule follower, like I said. Ryan is a rule breaker. Imagine that these three of you are doing something together with business. It's unreal. Three rule breakers, it's fine. But Ryan is a rule breaker, and this reminds me of a story, especially because it is fall. So college football has officially kicked off. Any college sports fans in the house today? There we go. All right, where are the Gator fans at? Any Gator fans here? Yes, what about Bulls, USF, anybody? Golden Knights, wow, pitiful. Golden Knights, this is terrible. What about Georgia Bulldogs? Really? In the first service, there was none. You all come to 1045. Now notice I'm not asking where the Alabama fans are. I'm sorry if Lindsay's in this house. No, there's an altar up here. You can come after if you're in Alabama. I'm just kidding, I'm totally kidding. But Ryan and I are huge Tennessee volunteer fans. Is usually never anybody else, it's fine. Me and you. Uh, being a Tennessee fan is, is, it brings anxiety into your life, if I'm being honest with you. Ryan always says that he wants the offensive line to be as pallbearers at his funeral so they can let him down one last final time. Yeah, it's, it's good. I always tell Ryan, like, if you ever need to do a resume again, you need to put on there that you're a Tennessee fan so people know that you are loyal through the ups, the downs, the downs, the downs, 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 downs. I'm just kidding, babe. We're great. But... In March of 2022, the SEC basketball tournament was being held here at Amelie Arena in Tampa, and one of the biggest games of the tournament was Tennessee versus Kentucky. So Ryan and I were like, we gotta go, we gotta get tickets, but I didn't wanna spend a lot of money, so we bought the cheap tickets. Has anyone ever sat in the cheap seats at Amelie Arena? A lot of Lightning fans like to tell me there's no bad seat, and I'm here to tell you they're liars, like it's the entire upper deck. So we get the cheap seats, the nosebleeds, you're looking past your knees to look at the dang court, and it's like, you realize your fear of heights. So we look at each other, and we're like, we can't stay here, like we're not gonna enjoy the game. So Ryan says, let's just break a rule. Let's go down and find an empty seat and we'll just sit there. 
you know, somebody bought a ticket and they didn't show up or they're just going to get snacks and like, what's the worst that could happen? They turn to you and say, um, excuse me, you're in your seat. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That is the worst that could happen. Like I would, I would die, you know, in that moment. So I immediately clench up and Ryan <laughs> proceeds to lead us to find an empty seat in which somebody ends up coming with their snacks and their popcorn and their hot dog and they look at us and say, um, excuse me, you're in our seat. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I, I can't believe I let you do this. I walked out, I'm like, Ryan, why are you making me do this? Uh, I don't wanna do this ever again. Let's just go stand and watch the seat. Again, he's like, Lenisa, unclench. What's the worst that could happen? They're not gonna put us in Amelie Arena jail. Like, it's not a big deal. So we go, he proceeds to find three other empty seats in which every single time somebody comes and says, um, excuse me, you're in our seat. So somehow he leads us to the VIP area, which is like above where you get an awesome view of the court. And we're standing there. I'm, we're the only Tennessee fans in that area. There's security around and I am just like so uncomfortable, the sheer embarrassment of breaking this rule. And Ryan's like, we broke a rule, I'm living my best life, I see the game. So this is how I feel. <laughs> this is me, <laughs> clenching, making all the faces. <sighs> Ryan's living his best life. And then of course, this is a picture of us at the end of the game because Tennessee did end up winning this game. And while that looks like a smile, it's actually relief on my face because I no longer have to sit in somebody else's dang seat and we get to leave. So this is exactly where we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus and his disciples were breaking some rules. Your boy Jesus was a rule breaker. So if you're in this place today and you're not a Christian and you're like, I don't wanna follow all of these religious rules that doesn't sound fun to me, you're in great company because Jesus often broke rules. He was all about going about life a different way. And so I wanna give you a little bit of context so you know what's happening before we read our passage in scripture. Okay, you ready? So Jesus and his followers, his disciples, are walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath is still a commandment to you and I today. It's a 24 hour period, one day every seven days, where God invites you to rest, to stop working, and to trust God to provide for you as you stop working. But Jesus permits his disciples to work on the Sabbath, to break a rule. They're hungry, so he says, just pick some heads of grain and eat it, and you'll be satisfied. And there are some church leaders nearby, some Pharisees who had taken this rule about the Sabbath and had made it very religious. So they were giving Jesus a hard time, trying to bring charges against him. Yo, your disciples aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And what they didn't realize was that Jesus had come to fulfill this law about the Sabbath. They had in their mind what was so important, these rules, that they weren't willing to see what Jesus was really all about. So that's where we get to Matthew 12. Starting in verse nine, let's read what happens next together. It says, he went on from there, Jesus, and he entered their synagogue, their church. And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? And he said to them, which of you who has a sheep, a pepe, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of How much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there and many followed him. He healed them all and ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. 
I came to church today because God has given me a very specific word for a very specific group of people, every single one of you today. And this is what God has said. My people want to see me move, but they aren't willing to be an active participant. My people, you and me, want to see, they want to see God move, but they aren't willing to be an active participant. You and I, how many of you want to see God move? In your family, in your finances, you want to see God move in Wellspring. That's why you're here. You want to see him move in the South Shore area. But so many of us, like the Pharisees, aren't willing to be an active participant like Jesus is asking us to. I want you to get this thought that God, this is wild, God showed his love to each and every one of you by serving you. He gave his only son to die on a cross so you could have eternal life. Jesus loved you, how? By serving you. I love this story because it starts with Jesus walking into their church just as if he were to walk in today and he notices this man. The man wasn't crying out, Jesus didn't even say anything, but the Pharisees take note that Jesus has recognized this man and they immediately start to prevent Jesus from meeting this man's need. And Jesus essentially responds to the Pharisees and says, I'm here to serve my people. Like that's what this whole faith is about, that God came to serve and to save the lost and to take care of his kids. And if you Pharisees aren't willing to serve God's people, then you're going to miss what God is doing. But you and I, we like to tend, like we tend to stick to ourselves, right? We like to keep our faith private. We don't often look to the person next to us and really recognize or take time to focus on their need because we have a lot going on. We have a lot going on that we're focused on. And I'm just here to tell you today that if you aren't focused on serving people with your life, you aren't following God's example and you aren't going to live as fulfilled as you could be. There is so much more value in every single one of you your life is about so much more than yourself. And that's amazing. God has called you to be a part of a bigger purpose than just yourself. Let us not become like the Pharisees who miss what God is doing because we're unwilling to become an active participant. So with this All In series, I'm here to tell you that you are invited today to be a part of this bigger purpose that God has for you. You're invited. You're invited to stop focusing on yourself, but to be available to be used by God. That's the purpose that so many of you are searching for. So how do we go all in? I love it because it's found in the passage that we just read. How do you go all in to this bigger purpose God has for you? The first thing you have to do is remember that God loved and served you first. Remember, if you're writing notes, I encourage you to take notes, write this down. You have to remember that God loved and served you first. I love how we see this beautifully in this passage. Jesus walks into a church and has compassion on a man, just like he has compassion on you. Newsflash is that Jesus did not have to come down to earth to save you. He didn't. He could have stayed up in heaven and been like, oh, look at them and all their sin and all the things that they brought upon themselves. Well, good luck. No. He was mindful of you. He cared for you. He didn't turn his eyes away from you. Because you and I are just like this man. 
at some point, maybe it's you today, and you don't even realize really it's Jesus that you need, but you have this something withered. You need Jesus to come and to heal you, to come and to save you, to pick you up out of the pit, and Jesus went all in for you. He saw you. He took note of you. Jesus actually came to earth thousands of years ago. It actually happened. (laughs) He died on a cross to pay for the penalty and the punishment of your sin so you could have this unhindered relationship with the holy and loving God. He turned your life around. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. (laughs) Just comes out. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No? Nobody? It's fine. Okay. Jesus did that for you. God This is a wild thought, but God served you. He gave his son. And I want to just encourage you today that it is not a burden to God. It's not a burden for him to love you. It's not a burden for God to heal your marriage. It's not a burden for him to provide for you financially. It's very easy for him. It's not a burden for him to be faithful to you. It's not a burden for him to answer your prayer. You're his kid. You are not a burden to God. But often, you and I treat his other kids as if they are burdens to us. We treat serving the church, his beloved, as if it is a burden. God, scripture says, Jesus came to serve, not be served. And he says, okay, this is what I do. Now I turn around and I invite you to follow me. And what better life to follow the example of as Christ followers than Christ? We have to remember that God loved and served us first because we come up with all these reasons of why we can't. We have to begin by remembering. The most valuable thing that you can do with your life is to serve God. It's the most valuable thing. The most valuable thing you can do is not lead your family It's, God, how can I serve you in leading my family? It's not, how can I be a great business owner? It's, God, how can I serve you in being a business owner? You see the shift there? So how do we go all in? First, we have to remember. And then second, if you're writing or taking notes, write it down, is you have to realize that serving is not meant to steal your time, but it's meant to fulfill your purpose. I love this. Serving isn't meant to steal your time, but fulfill your purpose. Can I let you in on a little secret? Yes, any secret keepers or, no, I'm not a secret keeper. (laughs) God brought you here to Wellspring to be a part of what he's doing here. He could have brought you to any church, right? God brought you to Wellspring to be a part of what he's doing in this house and in our community through this house. Next Sunday, we're launching three services, hundreds of new families. God's gonna bring them to this house and they need to walk in and be noticed, God wants you to be a part of that. But you and I, like, especially if you're an introvert, like we tend to self-hibernate, right? We tend to like self-preserve ourselves. We think, I have a lot going on. I'm really like looking at my life. I'm still really praying for God to provide for this thing, to provide financially. My schedule's a little crazy. My kids have all these things going on. We're looking at our finances. Like I have a lot going on. I just don't know if I can commit to serving right now. I just don't know if I have enough energy for it. And Jesus walks into the synagogue and he begins to hear all of their reasons of why not to serve. Is it lawful to work on the Sabbath? And you and I might be asking the same question. Is it okay for me to serve on my day off? Is it okay for me to serve on my day off? And Jesus says, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, would not take hold of it and lift it out? Of course you would. 
of how much more value is a man than a sheep. And so I'd ask you today of how much more value is the person sitting next to you than, the, than your reasons not to serve? Of how much more value is the person at the end of your row than your reasons not to serve? Jesus essentially tells these Pharisees, so you're telling me that you would break the Sabbath to, sh- to save one of your sheep, but you wouldn't break the Sabbath to heal this man. This is why we're here. We are not here for this. You are here to love God by worshiping him and by serving other people. But you and I have our reasons. I mean, let's just go there. Some of you work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and we look at our weekend and we say, like I'm off the clock, like this is my weekend. I, I worked hard for this. And serving feels a lot like work. So I don't know if I wanna do that. You look at your your weekend and you're like, this is my family time. I got a lot of errands to run. Maybe you think about your kids and you're like, listen, I don't know if we're going to get here on time. Let us know if we're going to have all our shoes on, if everyone's going to have a shirt, if their shirt's going to be clean. Like, I just don't know if I can honestly commit because I don't know if we're going to get here on time. Maybe you're an introvert like me and you tap out with people time. So you're like, I'd love to help other people, but I'm an introvert and like I get annoyed with people after a while and I'm like, I love you. I gotta go. And aren't we thankful that God does not look at us in our time of need and say, hmm, I'm off the clock. Aren't we so thankful? We live in a selfish culture. You know this, I know this. I mean, the media is all about you, you, you. The one person who deserved to be selfish walked into a church as if he walked into those back doors and came up here. The one person who deserved to be selfish walked into a church and didn't come up front and say, serve me. He turned to the person next to him and served the person. This, I'm telling you that you getting outside of yourself is what is going to bring you fulfillment. I've shared my story with some of you, but two years ago, I went through a really terrible, terrible miscarriage. Some of you walked with me through that. I was 11 weeks pregnant. And the year that followed that miscarriage was the most difficult time of my life. I'd never experienced pain in that way. And yet, I have never heard God more clearly than I did in that, in that year. I have never felt God's peace, his presence, He grew me so much in that year. It was unbelievable. It was only him. And yet, I am still in this waiting season of not yet having become a mother. So I could say, God, I am believing and I can't wait until I become a mother. And when that day comes, I'm going to turn around and tell everybody of all the amazing things that you did, all the things you taught me, all the ways you grew me, all the ways you healed me and my husband's body. I could have said that, but... I began to become complacent and God nudged me so much. And he said, you need to mentor some people. So I started a mentorship and I've been mentoring 10 women who are also in a waiting season. And the fruit that has come from this mentorship, the breakthrough that has happened in other people's life because I decided to serve, it's not about me, But the way that these women have found freedom, I have never, I'm telling you, never felt more alive than I feel in this mentorship. Like after every single call, I'm like, let me go run a marathon. Like I have so much energy, I'm so pumped up. I feel so alive and like I'm walking in my purpose. And I wanna tell you that God is not asking you to wait until a more opportune time to turn around and love somebody. 
He's not asking you to do that. You're supposed to do that right now. God has moved mightily in your life so you can turn around and tell somebody about it. I can think of a lot of you, because I know you, who in your season, you're up and down. One day you're encouraged, the next day you're discouraged. One day you're like, God is awesome, look how he's showing up, and the next day you're frustrated and it's all over your face. Some of you have no idea what God is doing. The enemy's convincing you you don't have a purpose. Many of us just finished the seven days of prayer, right? God has spoken to you over the past seven days. I mean, that's amazing. God has done things in your life and you're sitting here now and you're like, I feel like I need to do something with like all this that I just learned. Like, I feel like I need to share it. Yes, you do. You were created to share it. There's somebody who's going through something that needs to know what you know. They're sitting in your row. After last service, a woman came up to me in the lobby and said, I've been at Wellspring for four months. Today was gonna be my last day because not one person talked to me. How would our churches change if we walked in willing and open to be used by God and to notice the people in the room like Jesus walked in and noticed these people? God has called you to serve and it doesn't have to drain you. Okay, I don't know what you've experienced in your past church. It does not have to drain you. My mentorship is not draining to me. It is an overflow of what I've been through. I don't even have to prepare a lot for it. I show up and it's an overflow of all that God has done. And a lot of you have been containing a lot of overflow. God has moved in your life. That's why you're here. God's spoken to you. You've read the Bible. Like he has moved and you're containing all this overflow and it's wanting to overflow into other people. You never have to wait to advance the gospel. And if you're older in this place today, maybe you're in your 70s, your 60s, it never expires this bigger purpose for you. You need to turn around and to serve other people. So maybe you're a mom in this place or you've been a mom for a while. You need to turn around and serve young moms. Maybe God's freed you from an addiction. You need to begin to share that in your conversation with people. Maybe you have felt lonely. Guess what? You need to walk into a place, walk into church and see the person that's standing by themselves and go talk to them. No one likes to come to a church and sit by themselves. Some of you are so focused and I'm saying you and I'm including myself in this because I, this is what I tend to do. We have this thing and we think our season's all around this thing. I need healing, I need provision, I'm working on my family, we have volleyball, we have all these things going on and you're like, my season is about this. And Jesus is over here saying, no, I'm what your season is about. Look at what all that I have done. Would you share me with other people? This is the bigger purpose that you and I are called to. There's so much more value inside of you. And I love that scripture says, for the joy set before him, he gave. If you're not joyful, you may be living life too selfishly. So how do we go all in? First, we remember that God loved and served you first. He took, he took note of you. Second, we realize serving, it's not meant to steal our time, it's meant to fulfill our purpose. And the third, I love this so much, it's very simple but you just need to be open and willing. That's it. Open and willing. I want to read verse 13 with you again. Let's read it together. It says, Then Jesus said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against Jesus how to destroy him. 
Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him, and he healed them all. And he ordered them not to make him known. He was humble. This man in this story would not have been healed unless Jesus knew the will of the Father and was open and willing to do it. The crowd of people who ended up getting healed, guess what they did? They followed the one who was serving to receive their healing. I don't know if you can think of a time in your life where you have felt like a mess. I think this all the time. I mean, ask Ryan yesterday on the couch. I felt like a hot mess a few days ago. It happens all the time. But a few years, not a few years ago, many years now, when I was in high school, I had just gotten into high school, and I was a hot mess express. Like, I had just gotten out of middle school. If any of you know Taylor Swift, like, I had gone through all the eras in three years. Like, it was an identity (laughs) hot mess, and I was searching hard for something to make sense of the brokenness in my life. And a friend noticed me, saw me, and was open and willing to invite me to church, to her youth group. And I got radically saved that week. I started going to this youth group and a leader, a a normal woman, just like some of you, noticed me and started to share her story with me and started to call things out in me. And I ended up hearing some of the the calls that God had on my life. My life radically changed because normal, normal, normal people were open and willing to notice me and to serve me. That's amazing. I wonder what would happen if you walked into your workplace open and willing. All of the revival nights that we have, we seek God for revival. And he's like, yeah, it's in you. Would you open your mouth, share it? I wonder what would happen if you walked into Publix, open and willing. If you walked into the nail salon, I went to the nail salon the other day, open and willing. And the Lord led me to just like pray silently for this woman who's doing my nails. I don't know her story, but God can do a lot with prayer. The enemy can be defeated real quick when I open my mouth and say the name of Jesus over this woman's life. I am so thankful for the people in my life who listen to God. The ones who text me, encouragement. The one who meets me in the lobby and says, God, really put you on my heart. The ones who listen to God because in that moment, I'm like, oh, God does see me. I'm not just pretending like he does. He actually does and he used that person to remind me. Being open and willing is very simple. It's not meant to be forced. If you are new to your faith, that's amazing. You have encountered Jesus. It's so that you can turn around and tell other people about it. If you read in your Bible this morning, scripture says that the Bible is living and active. So you read the Bible, it produces life in you, and it's like, hey, I want to produce life in some other people. Let's talk about it. It's very simple. How many of you, you would say with confidence today that God has radically changed your life? God has radically changed your life. Praise the Lord that he did not leave you where you were, but you walked in, he saw you, he saved you. God has radically changed my life. I have, I cannot stop telling people what God has done. It's irresponsible of me. It is disobedient of me. It is not honoring to God when I sit here and hold in the gospel. And the same is true for you. So how do we live available? How do we live open and willing? I wanna tell you exactly how. It's very simple, but the first is you need to repent. Repentance is so powerful, it lifts this weight off of you. In a moment, we're gonna respond. Some of you maybe need to come up and write on a sticky note the things that you've been so focused on in this season, and you need to pin them on the cross and say, Lord, 
I'm sorry. I have been focused so much on this that I haven't been focused on everything else you're wanting me to do. So I surrender it, and Lord, I want to be used by you. Would you use me? You need to repent. And the second thing you need to do is just then ask him to nudge you. Show up. Come to Wellspring. Show up at your workplace. Show up with your family and ask God to nudge you. If you ask God to speak with you, guess what? He's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you, hey, why don't you go meet that person? I don't think you've ever met them before. The woman that's been coming for four months and no one said hi to her. Why don't you pray for this person? Why don't you share your story in conversation? Why don't you bring a meal to somebody whose husband's been in the hospital for months? Why don't you do this? God will nudge you. And then the third is all you have to do is be open and willing to serving others. Be open to say yes and to serve others. God told people in the Bible to do crazy things. I love Joey. <laughs> Pastor Joey says, why do drugs and you can do the Bible? If you read the Bible and you see the ridiculous things, I mean, Abraham from crying out loud, Abraham, I need you to go and sacrifice your son, your one and only son. That's pretty wild. If you aren't open and willing to hear God, then you would have never done that. People would have missed what God was doing. They would not have seen miracles. They would not have been part of the bigger thing that God is doing if they weren't open and willing. So my question to you today is, are you open? Are you available? I know your schedule, but are you open? Who's the Lord of your schedule, you or God? Who's the author of time? Some of you, when this service ends, it's gonna be like, second nature for you to walk out these doors and go straight to your car because you have things to do. And I'm here to tell you, who's the author of time? God can do so much more with the two minutes of you pausing and saying hello to the person next to you than he could do in the two minutes it takes you to walk to your car. Who is the author of time? Are you open? Are you available? It's not a question of if God is asking you to serve. I'm talking about every single one of you. Some of you need healing. You need God to love you. I'm so glad you're here. He wants to do that. But that's not what this is all about. He loves you. He notices you. So you can turn around and be like, yo, my season's a hot mess, but Jesus loves me. And I, I, I felt him today. Like other people need to know that. I want to just minister to you for a second because I think a lot of you are like me. There's something that you are praying for Maybe you're praying for a baby. Maybe you're praying for healing. You're praying for financial provision. You have something that you've been holding tightly to. Maybe you feel like God has never spoken to you. You look at your life and you're like, I have no idea what God is doing. So I'm striving and stressing, trying to figure out what the heck he's doing in my life, trying to make sense of it. And I'm telling you that you need to shift your focus. Instead of being so focused, putting so much pressure on this thing, shift your focus and say, God, how do you want me to serve other people? How do you want me to bless other people? Because I'll tell you, when you begin to do that, he can soften your heart regarding this thing. He can give you wisdom regarding this thing. Ryan and I are in this. I've been so focused on God. Let me get pregnant. God, I want to get pregnant. I want to become a mom. And as soon as I took my focus off of this thing, and decided to serve and mentor other people. Guess what? God softened my heart and said, hey, are you open if I decide to birth your family a different way? Yeah. But I wouldn't have been open if I would have just focused on this thing. What if the thing 
that is preventing this part of your life from breaking open is you being unwilling to loosen your grip on it and be obedient to the call to serve other people. So you have a choice. You can show up and you can say just what Ryan said. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? I decide to serve, I decide to be available. What's the worst that could happen? You get your miracle? What's the worst thing that could happen? You take your eyes off of yourself and God moves in your life? What's the worst thing that could happen? You get a better view of the game and better snacks? Like what is the worst thing that could happen? You're invited to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. So here's my challenge to you, you ready? Next week, when you walk into this church, be open and willing to be used by God. Ask him to nudge you. Know that you're not here just to worship. You're not here just to receive. God can do all of these things. You are here on purpose. So you own your row. You don't know who's over there, but you sat in that row on purpose. So God, how do you wanna use me to minister to the people in my row? Imagine how Wellspring would change if every single one of us walked in saying, God, I wanna be used by you. I have been to churches. Ryan and I were at a church for a long time and for six months, not one person spoke to me except the greeter at the door that said, good morning. And I'm like, good morning. Like, it was terrible, it was so sad. So be open and willing, but also I want you to be available to do whatever it is that God is asking you to do. Some of you need to serve the mom who has not had a break and who walks into that nursery and wants to see a volunteer who's saying, I am so glad you're here. I would love to love on your baby and pray over him while you go and receive the gospel and encouragement. Some of you, maybe you need to serve on tech so you can help people hear and worship and hear the gospel without distractions. Maybe you need to be a part of guest services so that nobody walks into Wellspring and could ever say again, not one person saw me. There's 500 people in this, in this auditorium today. God's inviting us to be part of so much more. He wants to fulfill you. So we're going to three services next week. There's gonna be hundreds of new families coming who wanna be seen that God wants to serve through you. So if God's nudging you, we've made it very easy. On your way out today in the lobby, you can connect with one of those three ministry leaders, kids, tech, guest services. But God is not asking you to take care of everything. Praise the Lord, okay? Praise the Lord. But He is asking you to be faithful with something regarding His church. Are you available? Let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you often like to call us out on things with such kindness. You are a faithful God. I would love to pray for two groups of people in here today. Maybe the first group, maybe you're in here and you've realized you've been so focused on yourself or this thing that you're seeking God for. And you realize I, I'm ready to be part of the so much more that God is up to. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? If you're saying, I wanna be used by God, I would love to pray for you. There are so many hands. I wanna be used by God. That sounds like the best job ever. So Lord, I just thank you for these men and women who say I'm available. God, would you nudge them? Would you speak to them? Would you help them be bold? I love that the scripture ends with saying, my servant who I'm have, I have chosen. You've, so, you've chosen us to be your servant, but also it says my beloved with whom I'm well pleased. I thank you that we don't serve to get your approval, but we serve in response to what you've done. So I pray you'd bless these people. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'd also love to pray for a group of you who maybe you're like, 
I'm tired of living life the way that I've been living. I wanna live my life for something bigger. But you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You haven't had that moment where you're like, oh my goodness, God loved me and gave his life for me. If that's you and you wanna accept Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, I'd love to pray with you. You can repeat this prayer in your heart. It's very simple. But just say, Lord, I repent for my sins. I repent for doing life my own way. And God, I believe that you sent your son to die on a cross and raise from the grave to give me eternal life, to pay for my sin. And I choose today to make him the Lord and Savior, to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. If you just prayed that, I would love to just know who I prayed for. Would you raise your hand? If you just accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not the only one raising your hand. Praise the Lord, praise God. He pulled you out of a pit. God loved you. We are all celebrating with you. This is the best decision you could have ever made. Praise the Lord. I want you to know that when you walked in here, God saw you. Whatever church hurt you've had, whatever pain that you're walking with, God said, oh, there's my people. I love them so much. I'm so glad they're here. Can you guys give it up for Jesus? Why don't you stand with me? This is a point where we're gonna respond. Some of you, like I said, need to come up, write down what you've been holding tightly to, pin it to the cross. Some of you need to stay right where you are and need to talk with God. You need to worship. Maybe you need prayer you'd like to take communion or you'd like to light a candle for someone you're gonna serve. But Lord, we respond to you because you are worthy of our response. You can do so much more with this three minutes of response than any other way we could spend these three minutes. We love you, God, in Jesus' name, amen.